welcome back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Hey, Matt. Oh, uh, oh, uh. <laughs> you, you, you took mine. Uh, uh, hey, hey, Ryan. Raw, where the shot leaves me gagging for the arrow. And we are not alone here. We are joined by TFT punk correspondent Rachel D. Rachel D, summer's ready. Summer's ready when you are. Oh, summer, all the treats. <laughs> As we were discussing Last Splash, the 1993 album by the Breeders, um, and it was this was a a big hit, a big hit on um, alternative radio on MTV, um, and it was a um, favorite. You know, I guess this was kind of a time before I was really into albums. Um, and we talked a little bit a few weeks ago of I was definitely into um, Criss Crosses, totally crossed out. Um, I know that my cousin. Aaron um, had the Breeders last splash on CD, um, but uh, I definitely at the time loved Cannonball, uh, which made its way around MTV with its um, uh, Spike Jones and uh, Kim Gordon, I believe, produced a video. Mm-hmm. So right, so th- it was a great confluence of the Kims of alt rock, <laughs> uh, uh, of of Kim Deal, uh, the um, uh, uh, formerly of the Pixies by this point in time, uh, and co-principal of the Breeders uh, and. Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth uh, came together on the music video um, for this, and uh, and then I, though even though my cousin had the full album, I think I I came to appreciate uh, Last Splash as a full album much later, um, and kind of in reapproaching it um, uh, at some point uh, in my in my early twenties. Um, and this is this is a great album. Um, you know, I, I, I I've, we've been saying this. Uh, every every week for a while right it's it's going to be it's going to be hit after hit for a while here um and uh and and in different ways right we you know just to kind of chart our our, our last three weeks we have covered crisscross meatloaf uh and the breeders uh so the, the the as as the very early 90s became the mid 90s uh it became a wild time <laughs> in music because all of these things coexisted um but this is this is a great album uh if you haven't listened to it uh ever or for a while um go ahead and cue it up uh and it is uh it is really is this amazing touchstone of um of of early 90s alternative rock and uh, and the coming together of a lot of styles that were going on in in the underground uh in the in the 90s and uh in the late 80s and uh in the early 90s uh it's and it's a it's a great listen so give last splash a few spins and then meet us back here for the discussion after this word from our commercial sponsors do you need to crush and destroy your enemies yes How, yes are, I do. are conventional weapons such as as uh, uh semi-automatic pistols and uh bows and arrows not doing it for you I just don't know which buttons to press. <laughs> Do you know what you need to really wreak uh, unimaginable destruction on those who oppose you? You need a cannonball. Oh, wow. But Thank aren't you. those hard to load and maneuver? I'm a small, short person. A cannonball can't possibly be something I can maneuver on my own. That's why every cannonball comes packaged with your own twin sister. Perfectly useful for starting a band or uh, for hefting heavy things around in tandem. You get a twin sister and a cannonball in one easy-to-use package. Wow. 
Thanks, Cannonballs. You're absolutely welcome. That's Cannonballs. And from the maker of Cannonball, the Divine Hammer. Don't miss it. The Divine Hammer. I thought you looked like Thor. And we're back. (laughs) Hey, Rachel, I have a question for you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) yes these the breeders uh uh, with their with their hit song uh and and their kind of taking over of the alternative rock airwaves and their amazing melodies um and their and their um uh and and their kind of musical experimentation are they better than the pixies Ooh, wow i don't hmm you know Hmm. God, I feel like really like I feel like I'm I'm like being asked which child to choose. Yeah, you have the real alt rock Sophie's choice. Yeah. <laughs> which child do I choose? Um I you know This is this really is a Sophie's choice. It really is. Well talk it out. Talk it out. We're we're here to help. Uh you know, I I kind of want to say I I don't know because I appreciate the later Pixies work too. That I oh, think so this is interesting. This is an unconventional yeah, opinion, though. I I like. Uh, I'm not saying like the thing they just released. I don't know what that is. Oh, indie Cindy. Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, that 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 yeah, I I primarily that's like, like Voldemort. I'm not. Oh, sorry. Well, you know, I'm not going to say its name, but like. Uh, no, I'm, I'm but, only into post 2010s pixies. <laughs> no, but I'm talking about um, like Trump Lamont. Like I really like that album. I think that is sort of seen as having less less of the Kim Kimminess um uh, all over it uh, artistically uh, and musically. And I really like that. I like the sound of that album. Um, I enjoy it quite a bit. Um. You know, but I think in some ways, like, I think the things that are sort of like the, I think what people think of when they think of the Pixies and like that, that kind of that sound seems to have, have more of a shared lineage with like what the breeders sound like. I don't know. This is a hard question. I, I, this what? is a lot to put on me. I, I'm, this is a lot to put on me. Welcome to the TFT podcast. <laughs> you know, th- this is this is like the hardest question I've ever been asked on TFT. Though. Let me, uh, let me. I mean, let me just follow are up. Are you going to tag it, or you have another horrible question? Well, let, me, <laughs> let me just follow up, Rachel. A question: uh, Are the Arcade Fire an indie band? Um, well like so what is the i mean i i just want to interrogate the question a little bit right like what makes a band great right and and that's like uh as opposed to like an album great or a song great or you know an an individual musician great like what makes a band great is it an individual high point like like last splash was was i think at least commercially uh a high point for um for the breeders, though, some people would say that Pod is uh, artistically at, at least as interesting, right? Like um, this this album, though, no slouch uh, artistically with its its fifteen tracks in in thirty nine minutes and uh, uh, you know pop pop melodies and harmonies with uh, experimental noise collective um, type production on top of them, right? Like, is it? Are you comparing this album? To another album, are you comparing the like the average, the like the mean quality of their total output? Uh, it, you know, 
in in that case, like very very short lived bands would have an advantage uh, in terms of being better, right? Like better bands, you know. Uh, and the Rolling Stones, who had some of you know the some of the biggest high points in rock and roll, would be near the bottom of the barrel uh, because they've just released so much. Um, some of it of of dubious merit. I mean, do you see what I'm dancing around here? Like, what when we say is this a better band than the Pixies? Are you saying like is this album better than? Uh, uh, and, and how, are you saying whose who's touring van would you like to be in more? You know, are you saying who do you think uh, had better uh, had better and sort of more explosive I mean, live shows? Right, like the touring van. I think the Breeders. I don't really want to be in the Pixies touring. Well, wait, so so, so um, d- dig into that for a second because I think it's relevant. <laughs> I think. Well, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know personally, obviously. But reputationally, Frank Frank Black is not known to be very pleasant to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Well, and so, so but, I don't. I think going off of that alone, I would not want to be on the tour bus. But I think, and I think that this carries over a little bit. This is something that um, you, uh, D- uh, DJ Bean, and I discussed about when we talked about the Pixies' uh, Doolittle um, many episodes ago. Uh, was that you? You hear some of that tension, and maybe it's, it's tempting to read that into it. Um, but like, I think that. The Breeders are a band that, like, the, the Pixies are a band, and, and a lot of the, the, the pleasantness, uh, or what, what is interesting and good and, and lasting about the Pixies, is the anguish and, and the kind of grossness and the sordidness. Uh, and the Breeders sound like they are having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they do. And, and, and there is something about that that is both the, you know, wanting to be there or wanting to be a part of that that carries over to um to the to the music as well. Um and so I guess, you know, I I think it's let's put it this way. This is a safe space to like the breeders more than the pixies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, well, no, I I you know, I always feel safe there. Thank you. The guys, punk but... the, the punk uh, the punk police are not. We're holding them uh we're holding them at bay. Though at uh there's been an executive order to detain anyone uh who runs afoul of Frank Black. Um, you know, the, uh, 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 we're still, you know, we're, we're like the ACLU up in here. Yeah, no. And I, I appreciate all the work you're doing, uh, to make it a safe space to like the breeders more, but, um, it's still a hard question for me. I, I still find it hard because I, I think I do, I do really appreciate that aggression and anguish, but I think I do, I do agree that like, there's something about the breeders, um, Particularly this album just feels it's like a lot calmer and spacier. I I don't know. And by spacey, like it's like it's like the like like ideas were like the songs sound like they were allowed to ruminate and like and like uh, and and kind of expand without sounding like uh, loose and totally uh, unconstrained either. Right. Like they're still, I guess, like. I guess I don't know. They're still like pop songs. They're still, I think, very like tight and and well done, but they also sound like they had room to to breathe. Whereas like the Pixies, I think the things that one generally the songs of the Pixies, I think one generally associates with them are all sound real like constrained, 
or like they they just sound like 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 someone who's like about to get choked yes. or masturbate or something, right? Like yeah, yeah, well, both. Yeah. It's like someone yeah, it's yeah. like the auto asphyxiation. Yeah, yeah, auto asphyxiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Whereas um, the breeders are like a, are like it's a it's like sigh. the moment after you had an orgasm and it's like a sigh <sighs> and it's uh but it doesn't mean that like it 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 doesn't mean that that there's no like structure or like uh or wait. like thoughtfulness behind it it's just like the moment at, it's like that sigh yeah it's wait the, wait 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 <laughs> wait 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 women having orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> now I've heard everything. <laughs> no, right? But this is why this is why the breeders are better than the pixies. <laughs> yeah, I, I do hear you. It's like that moment after. It's like the um it's like the oxycontin uh like ru- it's like the rush of uh you know, serotonin. Yeah, that's actually, I mean, that's actually, uh, uh, you know, and like talking about sexual climax is maybe a crude way to do it, but what the fuck, right? Like, uh, if you, if you sort of imagine the like, especially the kind of the male like rush to like, oh God, gotta do it. Oh, gotta do it. Really? And that kind of like that sort of mounting unbearable tension. And you mentioned, you, you, uh, you imagine the like the, you know, ah, satisfied, contented, like all my needs are momentarily at least, uh, at least met. Like, Putting like putting the the making that the kind of the um uh, the bright line and putting them on on either uh, two sides of that divide uh seems to make seems to make sense to me because even though this um like there is some like chugging you know rhythmic guitar in this there is some like almost kind of headbangy music there's there's a quality of like lightness and joy to it like it's a sort of it's a headbanging it's a it's this kind of headbanging to the sky <laughs> you know it's a sort of headbanging to the heavens rather than this like super intense like headbanging down to the ground kind of kind of uh thing that like uh the the you know Let's call it the pre-masturbatory headbanging and the uh, the the post-coital headbanging, right? You know, I'm going to continue to be crude because I would say it's sort of like it's sort of like multiple orgasms, right? It's like it's like a it's like it means, it's <laughs> multiple like, well, orgasms. There's like, there's like a driving. There's this like driving. Like there's you know, it's like you you have an orgasm, but then like you can continue to have many others, right? I mean, at least as a woman, right? You can have many others. So it's like this like driving wave crashing against the shore. So it's both like it's both living and like like the it's I think that's both getting at like the sense of like it's rhythmic. It's it's it, it has a it has like a structure and a rigidity and, and like that kind of energy while still living in that kind of calmer or that more serotonin type place. Then more, uh, you know, then more that feeling. Sure, yeah. the, the breeders is melodic Prozac, is 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 what you're saying. Punk punk Prozac. Yes, it's like punk Prozac. <laughs> um, but I feel like Prozac makes you sort of. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Again, I've never taken Prozac, but like, you know, I think, uh, I you know, I think to me, like, I think that evokes to me also like a kind of numbness. So I, I like the idea of like waves crashing on shore because they have a rhythm and there's like a, a release and an energy. But it's like it's not like one arc that then has a big steep decline. It's like a constant building energy. 
um, and release. So, I, I mean, I have a question for you guys. Like the the these breeders, you know, these the, uh, sorry, pardon me, these the breeders uh, with there being a band on MTV uh, and on you know alternative rock radio in the early nineties uh, are. Are are these breeders a grunge band? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think that. Hmm. I mean, this 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 relates. Um, the 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 you know, like is I, grunge is grunge shoegazy dude music? You know. <laughs> I I you know I think that they they are. Um, I mean, we're, we're noticing all of these kinds of um, you know that the. Uh, the the um it, you know if grunge was is like a coffee filter right like like there's a like that that you know that ultimately when um when the grunge coffee was was being brewed there was a mismatch between the filter uh, and the grind um and, <laughs> um and so like the filter the the uh, the breeders are are one of these uh kind of uh, uh grains that gets that gets through. Um, um, and 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 I say that because, and I think it's because of exactly. I mean um, that that a lot of uh, of, of of grunge, um, as as we've discussed over the past um, um, you know stretch of the of the early '90s, is much more of this kind of pre-orgasmic dude music, um, and and there, there's variation within that, but this kind of kind of uh move towards a singular peak and the kind of head down um energy is is there um and i think that this is related i mean i love the idea because i i think that this is definitely punk right that this is definitely um punk music um but part of what makes it it's punk makes it punk is are the elements that are re- rebelling against the dudishness um and and i guess in that way right it is among other things post pixies right not just autobiographically uh and not just chronologically but it is kind of um, you know, some of it's a mistake to say that that all of the best parts of the Pixies are the like the strangled yawling kind of uh, building parts. In fact, actually, many of the best parts of Pixie songs are uh, Kim Deal's parts, right? Are are these these moments of, of space? And so, kind of building that into a band uh, is is something that's very very um, is compelling, and uh, and and it's interesting because it. it, it on the one hand, the association, both again, the time and the association with the Pixies, is what makes this alternative rock. It makes this '90s alternative rock and and allows it to live si- live alongside grunge. But uh, at the same time, the actual process and 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 context ma- means that it's it's there, but it doesn't quite fit. Um, and um, yeah, it's an interesting kind of thing. This boundary between grunge and alternative rock, right? They're assumed to be kind of one, one, uh, um, you know, one to one relationship. But there is this is a case of this is alternative but not grunge, um, and then there are grungy things um, that that come even like a little later on that are grungy but not at all alternative. <laughs> they're they're mainstream grunge, right? Yeah. And and so this is the time where um, even if um, 
you know, grunge was one of the first that the kind of main, you know, mainstreaming alternative rock and um, grunge overlapped by 93. It's it's becoming a lot fuzzier already. Are you when you guys talk about grunge, are you talking about like kind of like grunge as it sort of came to be known and marketed I guess, right? Like, 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 kind of like what I think would be. I just want to, as opposed to, as opposed to what, as opposed to like. I, I feel like there was like a very specific regional, regionalness, right? Like, like grunge was a thing. Yeah, it also like it regionally involves, from the Pacific Northwest, right, 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 and then and like it does sound like a certain way, but then it's come become came to be known as this like wider branch of things that like sort of sound like it or. Do right. sound like it or don't. Yeah, like, I mean, they, when we were in Seattle and we and we went to like this karaoke night and and there were guys singing these like really obscure. It's like the the band of like the one guy from Alice in Chains before he was in Alice in Chains, and that's what's like happening at this karaoke night in Seattle in two thousand, you know, fourteen. <laughs> right, right, and I think it's like I, I'm just asking because I just want to. Oh, sure. Like, I mean, I think I, I, I just want to. I, I just want to like think think about that and make sure I'm I'm following. As I think well, the as answer. The, like, the, the, there's an answer to your question. If so, is it the one or is it the other? And the answer is yes. And that, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, that yeah, and and that I mean that sort of tension and like uh, what alternative rock is is another thing, right? Like, is <laughs> because uh, there are things that are not alternative rock that were definitely presented as an alternative. Um, an alternative to rock, which is uh, something that we talked about on our on our excellent Tori Amos episode. So the the uh, the the definition of grunge here, like I don't know, I I would actually almost situate this as kind of proto grunge, right? I feel like you have to have the breeders, and not just because you know we happen to know that that Kurt Cobain liked. Uh, liked the breeders, but I feel like this this sound goes with Nirvana more than it goes with like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, right? Like, and maybe like grunge, maybe that like Seattle music that's sort of like that that grunge music is uh maybe there are kind of two strains to it and one is the the riff rock strain um represented by pearl jam and soundgarden and then there's the kind of the airier uh slightly more the dorsey strain uh that's represented by nirvana and that that's the strain that i think that the the breeders um goes into but i i would say that it's actually upriver right from that rather than rather than being a result or a response to that it's it's you know this is sort of flowing into that uh to that kind of area um you know maybe a little maybe a little more punkish maybe a little more diy maybe a little less instrumentally virtuosic type of uh type of grunge sound um you know, I mean, do you know, does it make sense, the idea about the two, there being two kinds of grunge and and Nirvana being on one side and Pearl Jam being on the other? Yeah, and the the great shame being that, like, they were lumped into one genre, right? Like, you know, in that, 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 that you know, due to proximity uh, in terms of geography and, um, and, and timing, this became there, one grunge, but there were in fact multiple grunges. Sure. Right? I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> there were right. And it's like, yeah, it referred to a scene. And I guess the the, like the breeders weren't really part of that scene because they were like Midwestern, 
rather than being sort of of the Pacific Northwest. Right. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I guess it's a grunge is maybe yeah more the name of a more the name of a scene rather than the name of a a particular particular style of uh, of music, right? Because like what's I don't know like uh, as rock goes. Is Nirvana more alternative? If if you imagine a spectrum of of alternativeness, right? Who's closer to the pole of alternativeness? Is is it Nirvana or Pearl Jam or is it I don't know? Is it the uh, is it the Breeders? I mean, the uh, a question I was going to ask you, uh, Ryan, is these Breeders are they uh, an experimental noise collective? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, and, <laughs> right, right. or or like another one was like, is this art rock? And I think that's true as well, right? Like that that uh, that there's a kind of artiness to the to the um, I don't know to the kind of the complication of the complication of of certain straightforward pleasures of pop uh, of rock and of punk with you know um, all this kind of alienating sonic stuff with some of the you know, some of the things that we know now are mistakes that were left in, um, with, with, uh, you know, sort of long, the, the sort of long jams, uh, like Mad Lucas, um, or, uh, uh, with, uh, you know, the long, the super long instrumental and one line of, uh, one line of vocal, um, and and S O S I think uh, there's a couple of of instrumentals or mostly instrumentals yeah. right um, Th- that this is l- right and that and that they don't they're not like super catchy instrumentals it's not like da 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 though I would love to see the breeders cover of Spanish Fleet that would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually, I can see it. I can see it working. I mean, I think the other thing that they are that is already taking um, shape around this time is uh, uh, is lo-fi, right? That they are a lo-fi um, band that gets caught in the grunge net. Um, and and I say that because um, the other Ohio band that was starting to work around this time and also produced albums with many many short songs, uh, it was uh, guided by voices, right? Um, and uh, and and uh, and around the same time you also have bands um like pavement starting to get going um and sebado uh the dinosaur junior side project that are actually kind of that that is if there's a scene that they're um a part of that in terms of the the kind of uh, in the underground, they're in that scene, but you know, again, by in part by um, influencing um, Nirvana, and in part, I mean, again, at this point, yes, there are, you talk about rivers and tributaries, but it all becomes like um, a vast swampland by, by the early '90s, and th- these things are all feeding one another uh, in in a in 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 a set of kind of doubling back tributaries and lagoons um, because uh, the levels of of influence are starting to become so dense. Um, and so they, this is both influencing and influenced by Nirvana um, at, at this point. Um, and, uh, and, and kind of in dialogue uh, with, you know, and, and, and you do have, you know, scenes within scenes that are interconnecting with each other um, in, in interesting ways, right. That, you know, the breeders are interacting with, um, 
you know, with with Sonic Youth, who is uh, also uh, interacting with Nirvana, right? And and that that you've you started to do the social network analysis of uh, early '90s alt rock, you would see these kind of groupings and subgroupings, um, and all these lines of uh, of of influence. Um, I mean, let's turn back. I, I think you know, as we turn into some songs, I feel like. I, I think we should start with Cannonball um, because I think it's many people's uh, entry points here. Uh, you know, whether it was through the music video, uh, whether it was through the uh, the um, uh, sketch on the state, the uh, the 1990s MTV sketch comedy show uh, in which uh, Michael Ian Black learns the wonders of pants, uh, <laughs> uh, and that was originally soundtracked with Cannonball. And you can still find the original version um, on Daily Motion or kind of um other illicit corners of the internet but the version of the sketch that is now out on mtv has a very cannonball like song uh but not actually cannonball, cannonball uh because of, of uh rights uh issues i mean this is the case with a, a lot of you know state the state um sketches um being on MTV, all used current MTV songs, which was awesome at the time, and I think did a lot to endear both the music and the comedy to me um, as, as being an MTV loyalist at the time. Uh, but now, like, ended up being a huge problem for like clearing mm-hmm. all of those and releasing. You know, the state um, took a long time to to show up um, on on DVD or or streaming, um, and was often circulated on via various bootlegs. Right, so yeah. I also, I love the idea of like someone you, you know as they were preparing that DVD retrospective for release like there was a music supervisor whose job it was to like commission a lot of early 90s soundalikes you know like and that like and you know getting like we want cannonball but not cannonball we want you know I don't know what, what else uh the we want the sweater song but not the sweater song right, exactly <laughs> <laughs> um so uh uh yeah all right well uh let's 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 dive in uh with cannonball or let's just kick back here uh in the shade in well, the shade I say if we dive in I'll be the last splash right <laughs> um Yeah I mean I mean so what is I mean what is the do you have an entry point to this song um lyrically musically um oh yeah sure i mean uh the the entry point musically is then click 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 then the then the bass line yeah it's kind of a musical Rube Goldberg machine, right? <laughs> like you you sing a wooga a wooga into the styrofoam cup, and then that like kind of um, that that kind of gets the the clicking going on the drum kits, uh, and then and then like what you don't see is that there's like a little ping pong ball that rolls down and starts the bass line, right? So it's like a game of uh, it's a game of alternative rock uh, mousetrap. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, like, like one thing causes the other thing, right? It's it's unusual. I mean, you you often have song starts that is you know one instrument and then the whole band comes in, but this 
set of like sequential things that are um, happening, right? And even it's like um, it's like a countdown to rock. It's like uh, you know, I don't know, like uh, distorted vocals uh, standing by, distorted vocals standing by, distorted vocals go, auga, auga, <laughs> drumsticks on the on the top of the thing, like standing by, standing by, go, bass, like it's like you know, it's like all. Maybe this is because I saw hidden figures this week. Yeah, exactly. But the space. The space program is is a little bit on my mind, and this like this idea that you know that there's an ignition sequence, you know um, that that there's a uh, that there's a a premix to ignition, if you yeah, will. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does uh, uh, is is. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. Sticky is sticking with me for for uh, for whatever reason. Like the other thing, it reminds me of is those things um, where it's one performer and they have like a loop pedal and they play. You know, yeah. like uh, what was the oh, like Katie Tunsall did that recently and was all over the place and then mysteriously disappeared. Um, the uh, you know the the you see it a lot in like I don't know busking or like opening acts or things like this right like where they sort of lay down a bed except here all the pieces that are going to be looped are all played by different different uh, different um, uh, musicians so it's a little bit like the stone soup of uh, the stone soup of of alternative rock because it's like what what did you bring to the stone soup oh well I brought a little. Uh, I brought a little distorted vocal. I brought a little bass line. I brought a little, uh, 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 you know, um, drum rhythm and stuff. So, so uh, yeah, there's there's this kind of uh, almost kind of communitarian ethos to it. I mean, I think that's it's interesting, um, you know, that it, it, that actually goes with one of the the key lyrics in the second verse of the um, "I'll be I'll be your whatever you want." Right. And I, I think that that's there in the in the context of a relationship. But I kind of speaks a little bit to the ethos of um, of the band as well. Right. Um, and uh, and there is this kind of uh, I mean, it's, it's how I partially parse the other the other lyrics of spitting into a wishing well. Right. Um, and. I mean, I, I, like just to kind of go through the first verse, spitting in a wishing well, blown to hell, crash. I'm the last splash. Splash. Um, I know you, little libertine. I know you're a real cuckoo. Want you, cuckoo, cannonball. Um, it's they're they're hard lyrics to parse, <laughs> right? Uh, um, in that they are, and, and yet because there is this kind of. Uh, because spitting into a wishing well is both an act of like carefreeness and an act of defiance. It's an act of carefree defiance, mm-hmm. right? Because um, it's like it's a it's a small act of rebellion, um, and uh, you know. And uh, but I guess it is it is this thing of of just spitting into the wishing well is enough to destroy it. <laughs> um, I don't know, Rachel. What are you? Yeah, but I, I feel like it's also there's like an air of like this like self destructive energy because it's it's like the, the the speaker is also the last splash. I mean, I kind of read that as both being like it's like 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 the it's like the 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 perspective is like the person who's spitting, but also like the the kind of the 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 spit too. Right. Uh, yeah. Both the spitter and the spit. And the spitty. Yeah. And the and, and, and you know you and even in like I'll be whatever you want. Right. 
um, you know, the bong and the reggae song. It, 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 I do think there's a sense of both. Yeah, there's like the defiance, but then also kind of like knowing that kind of whatever is like driving the actions and feelings are, 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 are ultimately not not good for them. Or well, like, yeah. What does it mean to be the bong in the reggae song? Like what is the, you know, as, as I am to you. So, so too is bong to reggae song. And like, that is, uh, uh, that's a little opaque to me. Like, is it like, is the bong the catalytic agent of the, yeah, yeah. of the reggae song? It's the enabler of chillness. Right. right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's also the thing that everyone puts their mouth on. Right? And so it's like, yeah, I mean, I think it's like the same as like, being like you're it's like i'm the spitter and the spit and the spit you know like it right you yeah cannot, yeah you cannot separate the spitter from the spit you know it's uh like I, the- I think yeah i think you're right the bong and the reggae song is both like the driving thing and and also the thing that everyone puts their mouth the thing that gets passed around, passed around right yeah. and it's uh i think it's like very it, I think it's like an interesting kind of like split there of like both being, you know, the the speaker is both like kind of like this agent and and also, you know, not. Yeah, I think that that's I mean, well, it's interesting then. I mean, this idea of being both kind of like it's because like you're then both like active and kind of then pa- passive, right? And right. I mean this idea of being in the shade, right? right? If you're in the shade, then you are not the sun, right? No, uh, you're not the sun, right? Right, you're not the. No. And you're also not the thing casting the shade. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. You're something else over there. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. No, so I think it's just like interesting. I I don't know. It's. I don't know. It's like in the contents context of like a relationship or something or like a, some sort of relationship, like how, you know, it, it's like, it's hard for me to sort of like understand, like feeling like both the spitter and the spit. I guess that's cause you've never been in the pixies. Right. I guess I've never, <laughs> right. Yeah. I've never been in a relationship where I was both a spitter and the spit. <laughs> the, the bong in the reggae song yeah right i mean like the the sort of little libertine like uh libertinism is you know the 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 uh pursuit of pleasure above above all other things and at the expense and not at with the kind of like uh you you the sort of john stewart mill utilitarian um uh limits on it right like the the idea that the right your right to to swing your fist ends at my face um it's the the sort of the elevation of one's own uh uh one's own um uh gratification above all other aims and so like the idea of like i don't know i know uh, i know you little little libertine i mean i don't know if the you know i don't know if this is if this whole song is kind of a fuck you to the to the pixies but like there's a sense of uh, right like there's a sense of the uh uh, there's a sense, there's a sense in the song, both of kind of rejection of, uh, like the idea of like, I know you or, um, spitting in a wishing well and kind of expelling something or like being blown to hell, uh, uh, or, um, uh, or, 
kind of capitulating to it, like in the sense of like I'll be your whatever you want. Uh, the bong in this, uh, the bong in this reggae song. That 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 like that tension is is uh, you know that tension is there. Both the you know both the both the spitter and the spit. And like, what does it mean to be the last splash? Right. Oh, to like, me, yeah. I feel like I mean, to me, I read this like that's the spit. Yeah, um, I'm. I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I. Sorry, maybe your question, but yeah, I mean, that's how I took the spit. Like, it's like that is where I took the spit from. Sure, I'm, I'm the. But why? So why is it the last? Why is it the last one? Right? Like, is, mm. among are there other splashes? And and uh, why was it necessary? Why was it necessary to have more splashes uh, beyond the last one? Uh, you know what I'm saying? But I thought the last splash is coming from the uh, the the um, the wishing well being blown to hell, um, and right? And so so I I uh, see that. yeah, um, and uh, well also I mean I've always interpreted cannonball as being a cannonball in a pool, um, and mm, and and not a a firing cannonball. That right? might that might have the have have something to do with the fact though that you were. Uh, uh, preteen when when you were a tween when this came out right and i right i did not know about cannons (laughs) (laughs) cannons <laughs> <laughs> or that wasn't your frame of reference is what you're saying actually that's not true in uh around that exact time um for a report on we definitely had our revolutionary war uh unit and i actually um got in trouble for cutting there was a one xerox copy of a library book that was meant to be like the class reference copy and i cut out a picture of a cannon for my own book report wow and got, in, got in trouble that was right around this time so i actually I did know all about cannons and their balls. Um, (laughs) You had cannons on the mind, but it's not like Matt who like, while you were using a dial up modem, he had to use a cannonball. (laughs) And that was just a few years before you. (laughs) No, no, but I, uh, I hear you. I, I I hear, but yes. Okay. So can, we're all thinking of cannons and cannonballs and they evoke different. So, but there is, this kind of action and reaction, right? So, and, and you, you notice it less with spit. So I think that the point is, is that even with when you spit into a wishing well, there's water in the wishing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, and so that there is a, um, there are ripples, right? And so this is like the last of the, the, the ripples. Um, it's, it's like before the ripples, uh, fade away, uh, or it's the kind of, um, Right, you like you imagine, and it happens at a much more micro level with the spit in the wishing well. But the kind of the the massive cannonball in the pool, or a wave we were talking earlier about uh, waves, Um, and 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 so the last uh, the last splash is the the kind of last one to reach you, right? Um, And and the kind of last lingering reverberation is partially Hmm. how I've um, always uh, always interpreted. That's interesting because I. I think I had interpreted this like the blown to hell crash is actually being part of like the uh, annihilation of self. Hmm. Like the, 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 hmm. the speaker is the person who is like, but this is why I like, there's a person who spits and then they, they are also through the act of spitting somehow are blown to hell crash. And then they are the, it is the last splash. Cause it's like the last splash for their, like their self. Right, right, it is right. their like self slash splash, but that's just how I read it. <laughs> that was how I read it, and I think that's why I I find it kind of interesting to like because I I to, I read this as like this kind of like 
this drive to like self-destruction or self-annihilation in like these lyrics that that sort of but I like you know I feel like the wave thing kind of ties into to that as well because I feel like with each wave it sort of like ends right right there is a crash and it's sort of like the end of that wave right um and that's like interesting right so like that there is I mean there's I mean and how do you parse that with respect to what we were kind of talking about with what's going on artistically with the 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 breeders uh, and whether kind of um, other things that you hear on the album or their relationship with you know kind of genre and scene hmm that's interesting I I mean I don't know if I I don't know if I've necessarily thought about like whether the other songs also have some sort of self-annihilation theme like thematic content or drive um i think that it's like that is just how i read this particular song is is both uh you know it's like i read this particular song as like the pursuit of something that is like in the end sort of harmful to the person to the speaker well you know one that is i know it's one that you love but one that does actually have that is uh no aloha ah that's true right so that the lyrics are no by no aloha gone with a rock promoter a rock promoter i know i saw and now may die yeah that, that's pretty there <laughs> just, just to go a little further right oh all the treats saw it on the wall motherhood means mental freeze Right. And then and then back to the, the refrain, I know I saw uh, and now may die. So is that I mean, is that two sentences? Is that two distinct statements or one? Right. I know I saw and now I may die. Or is it I know that I saw like as a, as opposed mm-hmm. to like you did not see you did not see. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. I, I know I saw. And and now may die. Um, the other things I, I had sort of always interpreted this as as being about the like the the breakup of a friendship, right? Because your buddy sells out, or because you're you're you know you're sort of uh, you're uh, like I uh, just because of the uh, female fronted band, I, I had assumed it was uh, two female friends, right? And so that like uh, my my girlfriend is gone with a rock promoter, and the the second like. Uh, the sec, I think the the repetition is so important in in the next line. It's like it's gone with a rock promoter, a rock, rock promoter. promoter. Ugh. Like of all, of of all the things, like the first one is the first one is informative, and the second one is editorializing. And uh, you know, um, and well, in that, in that context, know. the I know almost becomes like I know, right? <laughs> like a rock promoter, I know. <laughs> Um, and that like, uh, oh, oh, the treats, right? Like uh, the idea, the idea being that like, um, you know, joining the square community, right? Like conventionality has, uh, uh, promises and upside, um, uh, a promises treats, you know? And yet there's a, there's this kind of more, there's this kind of indie or punker perspective that's maintained about like motherhood, meaning, meaning mental freeze. And I think motherhood here is like a, is a, a social role is a gender role rather than being like having children. I think it's a, you know, it's like sort of like, like accepting, um, accepting the mainstream, accepting the mainstream system of like rock promoters or gender roles or, uh, you know, um, 
uh, and all the all the treats that these things offer to you. Yeah, no, I I think that's right because I, I don't think it's right because you you could you, motherhood could be like a creative mother, right? It could be like it could be positioned in a way to be like creative or or, or like generative and. I think you're right that it's this is not generative motherhood. This is like a role based. It's like a role, this role based motherhood. Yeah, it's stultif- it's stultifying Betty Draper mo- motherhood, right? Like it's right. you know um, her. Like Betty's, uh, uh, you know, uh, like Betty is smart and she went to college after after she and Don got divorced, right? And that like. Um, uh, you know that this is you know but but could not have done that under the under the strictures of of uh whatever she was uh whatever she was living with 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 don i mean it's a thing like we've sort of talked about authenticity discourse uh a little bit like before you know before in the history of this podcast like the idea like that one of the first uh kind of primary research questions of this era of the tft podcast is is this shit for real um like this is and we've kind of already done our analysis of it and already kind of identified some weaknesses in in authenticity discourse and kind of rejected it as the single yardstick for for measuring the worth um or kind of authenticity of something but like this is uh uh like in I don't know, in like 90s music is when I started to become aware of it, right? And like indiness was the, was the, the barometer, right? Was the, the, um, I don't know, was the thing that you were supposed to, to maintain. Uh, and so to, to me, no aloha was a little bit about like, was about indiness and was about for realness and was, was like about not, not selling out, you know, and like whether, whether Nirvana or Pearl Jam or whatever, like whether the, the, the bands of this era in this particular, uh, what ended up being kind of a commercial grouping, but in this particular grouping, in this particular, um, mutually reinforcing discourse, like had sold out or not was a question, was a thing to, to argue about, right? Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's interesting to me that now in the course of doing this podcast, we've, we've now come full circle and are back at the birth, uh, of the, the, or at the, I, I, sh- I call it the birth. It was the, the first time I was aware of it. So it was the birth for me, um, of the, uh, of the authenticity discourse that, that, um, sort of animates us. The motherhood of authenticity means mental freeze, right? <laughs> I mean, I think one other th- a line here that, that is kind of between these uh, two lines that is also interesting and related to this uh, and evocative is saw it on the wall. Um, and I, I'm trying to th- decide whether it is all of the treats that are, are seen on the wall or it is that, um, that, that, that you read it as saw it on the wall motherhood means mental freeze um and which makes me feel like that it's like a piece of graffiti right um or or a slogan um or or something like yeah, scratched right. it's like on a bath on a bathroom in wall. a toilet stall right yeah, yeah exactly right. 
but but with the force of this idea of like it's prophetic right like the biblical uh the biblical writing on the wall you know uh or the the which you know survives in the phrase like the writing is on the wall like you should be able to read the signs and understand uh the implications of this you know of this phenomenon right like the uh so so it's a yeah it's a good line because it's kind of multivalent and um uh, 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 you know? Well, and, and immediately you, in walls, I mean, I, you know, I rarely think of, I don't know, Pink Floyd's wall and the Ramones's wall, right? The Ramones's brick wall, right? Mm-hmm. They, like you get a lot from a wall. <laughs> um, um, uh, and, and, uh, and, and, but it's in this context, right? It's not the wall as dividing and keeping out or in, but it's a wall as a surface to project upon, right? Uh, and, and to deface. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I think my read of that line was a lot more like, just like prosaic, like, uh, you know, like she could incense that the friend was like the person was leaving her. Right. Mm. Like, just like very, very basic. Like I, I knew like, and like reiterating, like I saw, like, I, I, I knew my friend was like, I knew that this person was like going to be gone despite not like, despite the, the relationship sort of just like fading into obscurity with no real like closure or, or sense of like, uh, yeah, with no real sense of closure. But that's interesting. I, I like that. I like all the. I like all the different wall interpretations. I mean, I think just to pause before we go into any songs. I mean, I, I think this is so interesting because like these are these are there's a a. a a tremendous amount of parsimony here, right? That, that yeah. these are, uh, and I guess again, it's worth uh, part of it is contrast and context. In the last week, we did Meatloaf, right? Meatloaf and Jim Steinman's <laughs> uh, "Bat Out of Hell" too, which uh, you know uh, could uh, you know would not use five words when it could use like you know fifty fifty thousand words, uh, <laughs> or at least the same five words repeated ten thousand times, mm-hmm. um, and so I. I think that right that what you have the brevity and, and we were saying this earlier um but i think that these two um closer reads uh highlight this is that there really are in these short songs with relatively simple arrangements and instrumental components and really kind of simple like fragments right that, that this is that there are these these kind of lyrical fragments or kind of um uh, statements that are that really like are um, you know, like read directly, um, give you very little, but then are kind of, uh, you know, endlessly can be endlessly pondered, um, more or less directly. And I, I think there's something very interesting, um, uh, uh, going on there. Um, any other songs, uh, that, that the two of you, um, that, that always jump out at you or are, um, really, uh, for uh, further of a last look. I think I just, I want to, uh, I, I want to a little bit like uh, point people towards the French symbolists a little bit as a way of like, uh, uh, as a way of thinking about this in terms of like, not necessarily in terms of parsimony, but like these, these lyrics reminded me a little bit of, of some lines of, of Guillaume Apollinaire, uh, that I know. And no, I'm, I'm not pretentious. I actually am this insufferably pedantic. Uh, the, uh, and, uh, you know, and then like from him tracing back to, uh, to like Baudelaire, uh, especially with kind of the, the link between, um, uh, uh, kind of the link between degradation, the kind of, uh, 
and Rempo and kind of the move to uh, self annihilation um, is you know is is something is something that is interesting uh, in terms of uh, in terms of these uh, in terms of these lyrics because I mean these girls just want to get along. yeah um no i think that that's i think that's true um rachel are there any other songs that you wanted to discuss or are there any other kind of uh general looks at the lyrics i mean i would look at saints as like another i think uh all-time jam I, i really like no aloha uh i i would say that's maybe my favorite song on this album but of of saints, yeah. I mean, um, whereas like saints is, I think, a little different, right? It, it's it's just like uh, it does seem to be more of like this narrative description of of like a fair, right? And like of like a public, like being in a crowd in the and like being in like the public and in a crowd. I mean, I, I actually like like this idea, though, of I mean, especially this lyric. I like all the different people. I like every kind of fair in the crowd. You bet I'll be there walking around, going nowhere, seeing Suey and Saints at the fair. Um, then the refrain, uh, which I said earlier, is summer's ready when you are. Um, and I think that, that I mean, I don't know. I read this as like like, hey, like, don't be too cool for the fair. <laughs> that's interesting yeah hmm. well yeah because yeah, cause yeah. why because the fair because the fair actually has the fair is not just square right like the fair has sticky everywhere uh pony in the air um eroding is a word that's used to describe what's going on in the fair like crank air uh it's uh you know the 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 fair is kind of decaying right like the the fair is sort of in a the the fair is in a in a precarious uh uh a precarious detente between life and death you know and that is uh, uh that is that is attractive if you have the um uh, you know the the eyes to see it i guess well, and it's yeah. I, I think the hotness is there, right? It's the um, hot metal in the sun, and the and and like you said, the stickiness, um, and uh, and and this idea of summer being ready. I mean, that's a sense of like ripeness as well, right? And 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 that is even there. I I think of like like a cantaloupe, right? <laughs> Which is uh, the the approximate shape and size. Of a cannonball. Oh, think about oh, it. Think about it. <laughs> um, no, but no, but I, I think that there is a piece here uh, between the kind of splashing and the kind of evocative splashing. Um, I mean, I guess we didn't say this, but this is like a summary album in a lot of ways. But it's a a it's it's um it, it, it's a certain kind of. And I guess, you know, maybe this is an album that I listened to in the summer when I was a preteen, but it has it, it also evokes this kind of preteen summer jam um, feeling. And and in part because some of these elements of pop do harken back to this older kind of pop, this kind of, um, you know, this these kind of Everly Brothers kind of early rock uh, and to and to early punk to Ramones um, that it's it's the the eternal kind of 
teen summer jam, right? Uh, and and that and and again, I I just I I love this idea of summer being ready when you are, right? That that summer is happening, um, and 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 it's for a limited time only, right? <laughs> like 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 hotness hotness will cool off, um, and and stickiness will dry, um, and so like what are you waiting for, right? Like jump in and and kind of get get sticky, um, because it's uh, because you might miss your chance right um and so you have to um prepare your heart and mind to get sticky uh-huh yeah no it's i i do like the com- i'm as i think about it too it's like it really is like she does like the real the speaker really does like every kind of fair because there's this weird <laughs> conflation of like fairs that have ponies and then like the kind of like fairs that might be in like an Italian American neighborhoods with like saints, right? Like oh, you're right. Like Catholic, right. like Catholic saint based fairs, and I, I just sort of like I mean that really is every kind of fair <laughs> in the span of like just two lines. <laughs> a kind of fair know. that has a pony and the kind of fair that has a saint, and it's like it's all part of like like the messy of humanity yeah, <laughs> yeah. Guess especially because like i mean saints in particular and like this is like gonna be like a long jag about catholicism but like i you know like saints are like messy right like catholicism like really loves like relics you know they sure and, do like, yeah they sure do and, bleed and, all and, over the place right and reliquaries and like we like to be reminded of like the physical like the physical manifestation of like the suffering or the miracle of the right that yeah. the saints like in like you know were a part of um and endured and like i i think that's like you know, say, to me, saints, both saints would be at the type of outdoor summer fair that could exist in this song. But, like, it also, I think, is ties back to that, like, idea, like, the messy humanity of it all. Yeah, and there's this, and, the, and it is this kind of, it is a divinity in, in 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 like glimpses of divinity in a in a human world, right? right? Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, it's it's not up in heaven. It's it's there, it's, but it's like down at the fair, right? right. Um, and this is where you know m- you know miracles happen um, in in humanity, right? It, with with all the different people, um, not in like one specific scene. Um, I feel like then maybe one to close on, kind of connecting to some of this uh, is Divine Hammer. Um, also, um, right, and, and, the, and the hammer was the hammer that Saint Peter used uh, to <laughs> to nail himself to. No, that's that's just morbid. Stop! Stop hammering yourself! Stop hammering yourself! <laughs> right? Yeah. That's- that was that was really what made it particularly uh, particularly sadistic when the when the Romans crucified him upside down. Right? Is is that they were just like they were just bullies? They were just like big older brothers. Like it was the wedgie was the worst part of martyrdom. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think I mean it is interesting though because I think that we you know we've talked like a little bit about like. Because I think this some of of these themes um, about whether it's self destruction or the loss of self um, are here as well as um, this kind of these these elements of divinity. But I think that one element uh, that's in this song that's in some of the other songs that we haven't talked about as much um, is is like a kind of sexuality and desire, right? Especially the um, you're the rod, I'm the water, mm-hmm. um, or you're the rod, I'm water, right? Of um, uh, and that's the kind of like the divining rod, right? Right, um, right. Um, 
I, I, I do love how Rap Genius is is like, it's a sex reference, buddy. <laughs> yes, yes the, the, the genius annotation is the divining rod sinks the water. Rods are long, phallic objects by nature. It's a sex reference, buddy. Thank you. Wait, genius. Oh, let's see what they say about banging on a divine hammer. Right. I'd bang it all day. Right? It's genius. The carpenter bangs his hammer. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, hey, buddy. I, I, you know, I'm going to actually, I'm going to start getting into an annotation battle and be like, hey, buddy, Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> um, what does it mean to look for a divine hammer um, and, and to want to bang it all day? Well, is the. <laughs> It's a sex reference, buddy. Uh, is it? Yeah. I, um, I mean, I don't know. Like the idea of banging like outside of sex, like there, there's a lot of things like you bang drums, you head bang, you like, I like beyond just like beyond just doing it. Right. I think that there's, uh, I think that there's like a lot about this, this music like the the sort of the divine hammer would be the kind of the ultimate the the what would be the bong of the uh the punk song you know like uh the divine hammer would like make the head banging never stop um to uh uh to a uh, uh, young boy growing up in los angeles when he was 12 or 13 when this record came out um well, wait, tease that out a little bit. Like, I'm, sa- I'm saying that, like, uh, that, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't, uh, like, I liked this song a lot when I was a young teenager. because I, I had this record, and I had uh, Pod on CD. And I liked this song a lot because this was the, like, the jumping around and getting crazy song. Like, kind of beyond, like, more than, like, it, it's almost like sugared cereal-fueled headbanging rather than, like, rather than, like, social rage and protest-filled headbanging banging um and that's like when i encountered this record at this like at this like just this this precipice between like latency childhood and puberty and the um uh so so to me like the would you say that that was that was divine hammer time (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i didn't want to stop i'd I'd bang it all day you know like and so the the like a lot of the kind of the the I, i don't know i feel like some of the more overt sexual stuff here is because I feel like there's actually more going on. But like to me at the time, what this meant to me uh, as a kid listening to this was like I wanted this song like and and I, I probably did at some point put this song on single song repeat on my CD player and just like listen to Divine Hammer over and over and over for an hour. So I did. Ba- I did bang it all day. But you can never go, you know, as an older man, you can never go as long as you did when you were young. I mean, the other lyric I love here is that I'm just looking for a faith waiting to be followed. Um, and, 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 and then it, it disappears this near. Um, and this, this idea of the, I mean, and actually that's like, it, it connects back to summer's ready when you are right. Mm. Um, and that like, it's this, this is a van. It's like looking for a van that's already loaded, uh, is, is kind of interesting. Um, and, uh, and, and it's like, you know, it's, I, it's, again, it's a inverse, um, 
uh, of the uh, of uh, or it's 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 a reversal of the Groucho Marx. It's like I only want to be a member of a club that would have me as a member, <laughs> um, right? Like I'm I'm looking for a faith wanting to be followed. Like so, like don't make it too hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and when you find that, um, then then I'll I'll join, right? And so um, and, and so this idea of like you know if you find that divine hammer, that like one song that feels great, uh, that one scene that is right, um, then you belong, right? Um, but like you don't need like I'm not looking to be hazed, um, and I'm not looking to for, for like tests of of will, um, and I think that that is what is. I think to, to, to circle it all back, I think that's what's appealing about the breeders is that the breeders are a faith that wants to be followed, right? Like, um, like this is <laughs> this is likable music, um, and and not you know again, uh, and and that means that that doesn't mean that it's not difficult uh, and it's not experimental, it's not artistically ambitious, uh, but it is music that um, that uh, you know. I, right, that, you that know I, it's it's like you got your you got your art rock chocolate in my pop song peanut butter. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like it's like, but it's like a peanut butter chocolate like cookie sandwich that like is like a little warm from being in your pocket <laughs> yeah. it's not like disgusting or inedible like it hasn't totally disintegrated but it's just like a little warm from being in your pocket and then and then as as it has melted and you bite into it uh it is this is that last splash of peanut butter <laughs> that falls down onto your corduroy put pants <laughs> it's about sex buddy <laughs> it, uh, wait, I just want one more moment. It is not about having sex all day. That everything I know is a lie. Yes. That's another quote. Yes, yes, this is the, uh, the other the other annotation from uh, the geniuses at Rap Geniuses. The carpenter bags his hammer, except she bangs it. Is she the carpenter? Probably not. Except that she says I'd bang it all day. Like, so why does she not get if to it, be the carpenter? If it's not about having sex all day that everything I know is a lie, man, boy, there's going to be this, this, this genius has, has, has another thing coming. Yeah, this, uh, that, that, that is some like premium user generated content. There. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Hey, listen, um, all, all we are, uh, all we're, we're just looking for, if you are looking for a faith waiting to be followed, um, then keep on listening to the theory for turntables, uh, <laughs> podcast. Uh, cause we are going to, uh, keep worshiping at the, at the divine, uh, hammer. We're going to keep banging the divine hammer of the 1990s um of of alternative rock of grunge rock and all the related uh rivers and tributaries um coming together into one great big steamy bog uh and so join the conversation um join uh we're on facebook uh, th- uh, TF- uh tft podcast or we're theory for turntables on facebook uh we're tft podcast on twitter uh jumping on the show notes on overthinking it um and uh and, and tell us tell us about your experiences with last last splash um whether or not uh you listened to it in the 90s or just checked it out for the first time now um there's a lot of i think personal memories associated with all of the songs we talked about with other ones that we didn't get to um so share your memories uh share what you think about the lyrics about the music uh and about the context of this album um so we'll be back next week with another album from the early 90s until then keep it real <laughs>